Hi, this is Philip Oakey from the Human League, and you're listening to Stuck in the 80s. Travel back in time to the 80s, reliving the music. You can't have the Pretender's first album. That's mine. I bought it. You did not. The catchphrases. Did you have a brain tumor for breakfast? And the wannabes. Sometimes I see you dance around the house in my underwear. Doesn't make me Madonna. Never will. Because just like you, we're stuck in the 80s. Can you say stuck in the 80s? Hey, welcome to Stuck in the 80s. It's your host, Steve Spears with TampaBay.com. And with me today, he was working as a waitress in a cocktail bar when I first met Times Pop Music critic Sean Daly. As I recall, you were a terrible tipper. And you goosed me. You gave me a little... The service was not up to standard <laughs> that day. Uh, how are you doing, my friend? I asked for a red eye. Uh, I didn't get I, one. I don't like... I don't know. No more red eye talk. How are you doing? Couldn't be happier. I just uh, got off the phone with uh, Philip Oakey from the uh, Human League. And many fantasies were learned On that day Deep feeling, fascination, passion burning Love so strong Keep feeling, fascination, looking, learning Moving on Great interview. Now, have you always been a huge fan of theirs? I've loved them since the very start. Really? Yes. Yeah. Did you? Is it Phil or Philip? Uh, I just called him Pio. <laughs> no, it, I, I called him Philip. But uh, I n- between us today, I'll call him Phil. Yeah. So cool, cool guy. Really cool guy. Super happy. Uh, just you know, overflowing with enthusiasm. Uh, very humble guy. He's really looking forward to coming over to the U.S. and doing his. Uh, uh, headlining gig with the Regeneration Tour, which begins uh, the beginning of August. We'll be there August 2nd in Las Vegas at Planet Hollywood to catch them. We've got great seats. Still room left. Still room left to come join us and party. I know. I'm trying, baby. I'm trying. <laughs> Whatever it but, takes. But I keep burying myself day after day. I'm actually getting further away from going yeah, to Vegas yeah. and closer. We know that. We won't go into the gory details. You're almost to the point where you're so far away, you're starting to get close again. Baby did a bad, bad thing. <laughs> Jeez, don't even start. Yeah, and then they come. When's the show come here? Re- Regeneration comes. Regeneration to Clearwater. comes to Clearwater on uh, August thirtieth. Uh, Human League will not be there for well, the, the for the Clearwater to ah, show. It's too bad. ABC will be the headliner in Clearwater, and uh, Human League will be replaced by Missing Persons. Dale Dale Bazio or yeah. yeah. Do you hear me? <laughs> that would be a great show too. But uh, I was I was a little nervous as usual talking to Phil. You uh, sweat it up. But here's the thing we're learning about these '80s uh, people is that they're all extremely happy, right? Oh yeah. Except for Andrew Dice Clay and Huey Lewis. <laughs> and Huey Lewis. Hue- Huey and you I threw down. We it's, threw down. It's the British musicians that are really happy and humble. It's the American ones who are surly and uh, disgruntled. And the Brits get a bad rap for being moody and uh, you know I've forlorn. Never, I've never talked to one moody one yet. I know. I mean Phil and then Martin before him. Fantastic guys, but uh, I was this close to confessing to Phil my my deep dark secret from the eighties. <laughs> well, just one of them. <laughs> back back in the days uh, when we used to go to this teen nightclub called Sky Feathers here. It's the, the dumbest name, Sky Feathers. You know, it's a skate park now. I just drove by it yesterday. That's did the you worst. Get, did you get wistful? Yeah. Well, I got wistful, but then I realized that. 
this this cathedral to my youth <laughs> is now uh, overrun with slackers. You know, that's their but, sky feathers, baby. That's I, their I sky guess. feathers. I can't relate. Back then, Sky Feathers was a teen-only nightclub in, in Clearwater, St. Petersburg area, right on Ormerton Road. That means nothing to anybody outside Pinellas County. But uh, you had to be under 18 to get in. And then he had different rooms. Like there was like a new wave room and a punk room and a uh, breakdance room and then a top 40 room. But my place to hang out was always in like the new wave punk area. And whenever Human League's Don't You Want Me came on, I would... Dun, I would dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Yeah, I would put on... Um, Find a girl on the dance floor and go up and almost sort of like lip sync the lyrics to her as I'm singing. <laughs> no, I did. you did not do this. I swear to God. And it was like, what was it? What was the line we used to have in uh, in in Spring Break the movie? What was the line? Instant panty remover. That's what it was. So you lip syncing "Don't You Want Me" by Human League, and the the women would just melt. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. At Sky to say. Feathers, Except- in the punk room. Right, new wave room exactly. where they're they're probably a little uh, cranky anyway. Yeah, little social misfits, and you would you pluck them like fish. Yeah, except for one night, and this is my deep dark secret. I'm out there, I'm doing my shtick. You know, don't you want me comes on? I'm like, oh, this is great. Here's this really. Would pr- you do both the girl parts and the male parts of the song? No, that would be kind of creepy. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> because this isn't creepy at all. This isn't creepy at all, you going up to uh, strange women and lip-syncing, don't you want me? Yeah. So, so this is one night. I'm out there on the floor. I'm, I'm moving around. You know, I still have my moves back then. I got my trench coat on. What was your big move? In a trench coat? Trench coat, oh, baby. Space. Come on. It's the 80s trench coat. What was coat. your dance move? I told you already. It's the, it's the spin around like I'm putting out a cigarette move. And um, lots of pointing. Random pointing. So I'm talking to this girl. I mean, I'm I'm doing the little shtick with the girl, and she's buying it. She's I could just see her like, oh, this guy's kind of cute. So we go over after the song ends. We go over to my group of friends, and I introduce her around. She's like, that's a. And this is of course high school, in which time I had a mustache. <laughs> yeah. So she's like, I really like your mustache. Where did you get it? I'm like, what are you talking about? It's real. She's like, no, it's not. It's fake. Oh come on. No, she thinks it's a fake mustache. I'm like, no, seriously, I grew it. It, you know, here I'll pull on it. You know, which. Don't take that out of context. But <laughs> I, so I'm pull, she's like, that's a real mustache. I mean, it is. She's like, I really hate facial hair. I'm totally not into guys with facial hair. And I'm like, I'm crushed. You know, all this lip syncing is now <laughs> for not. Within 10 minutes, she's, she's hooking up with my friend Clay. Who did she, not have a mustache. did not have a mustache. I don't think he's capable of growing a mustache. He's like you. He's very deficient in body hair. Yeah. And uh, they end up going home together. And uh, she ends up being... You know, his first. Really? Yeah. He lost it with her. All because of the Human League and my uh, proclivity for facial hair. All right. Here's here's the thing. One, I'm almost going to take your side in this story because she is attracted to you doing the creepy James Gum Silence of the Lambs uh, lip syncing to Don't You Want Me. Okay. And so that turns her on. Now, if you had a fake mustache, that also would have turned her on. Right. So creepy guy with fake mustache in a disguise, <laughs> she would have loved. Yes. But when she realized that, in fact, your facial hair, your hirsuteness was genuine, she was turned off. Exactly. Boy, you sure can pick them, Spears. <laughs> no kidding. All to uh, Don't You Want Me. So that song comes on, and boom, you're... Uh, I, I, mean, I first get excited... And then I then I curl up into a ball in a bath of cold sweat. So when Human League performs this in Las Vegas, I don't know what's going to happen. Are you going to turn to the your our stuck in the eighties friends who are also yeah. gonna, and 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 lip, 
You I should didn't think a, about that. You should grow a mustache. You should grow the mustache back. Recreate or the maybe whole thing. try to turn it around and bring a fake mustache. So one of the ladies, some of the ladies are going to be right. with you right now. They're thinking, oh, I wonder if he'll sing it to me. Like, right. who will you choose yeah. to sing? Don't you want me to? That is awesome. That's gonna be great. I'll have to have like a blog update immediately afterwards. <laughs> yeah. Who did he pick? The winner is. <laughs> It's worse than American wow. Idol. Anyway, I did not confess this moment of shame to uh, fellow Oki. I just couldn't bring myself to do it, uh, especially after Kevin Cronin from Aria Speedwagon shot me down when I explained my anguish over Take It on the Run to him. He didn't seem too sympathetic. No, no, no. So uh, I didn't think Phil would be sympathetic. And uh, Phil's going to talk about uh, their album Dare. He's going to talk about how they don't like to make videos. Really? And he's gonna he's gonna, he's got a lot of surprises for you. He's gonna give his opinion of the new Madonna album, even. Oh, let me guess. So, uh, without further ado, <laughs> let's turn it over to Phil Oki. I, I can't tell you uh, how great it is to hear your voice. Oh, thank you very much. I'm uh, I've been a huge fan forever. And uh, I just can't be. I, I'm so excited. I'm gonna actually be there August second to see uh, to see the Human League play in Las Vegas. Oh, great! That's an early one, August second. We'll only just be in America a couple of days then. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, I'm bringing a whole group of fans from our podcast with me. Great. We'll all be there uh, front and center to see uh, the Regeneration tour. Oh, that's fantastic. I, I understand it's the uh, the first really large tour for uh, the Human League in about twenty years. In America, yeah. I mean, we, we, we tour Britain at the end of every year. Um, we, we've got a sort of almost traditional sort of Christmas thing that, that, that we go and do every year, and we've extended that into Europe, and we go to Australia. Yeah, it, but we, we haven't done a, a sort of sustained tour of America for a little while. Why, why is that? I think because never, no one's ever quite sure what the market is. And uh, to be straightforward, it's very financial. Uh, as the money markets go up and down, sometimes we just can't make money coming over there. It, I mean, it's, it's mad little things, like the cost of hiring buses. And then you can't go. It's really strange. That's a, that's, that's, I never thought of it that way. That's incredible. I never wanted to think of it that way, but this is what my manager tells me. He could be just lying, of course. In fact, everyone hates us. No. <laughs> this is America. Nobody hates the, the Human League over here. Okay. The, uh, I hear now you had, like a couple years ago, you were at the Hollywood Bowl yeah. with uh, Psychedelic Furs and ABC, and it was just a hell of a show, I hear. It was, it was a big show. It was sold out on a Saturday night, and it, and it went pretty well. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. yeah. And then last year, I guess you, you sort of did the uh, the 2007 Dare tour. Yeah, yeah. And it didn't come over here. I know we were real disappointed. But uh, you're going to make it up for us this trip, right? I would have loved to, to <laughs> come over and do it. I, I'm one of those unusual people that really likes touring. Although I'd say we do 50 to 80 shows a year is my guess. I would tour for half the year. Um, I, I like... Compared to the rest of my life, it's actually pretty simple. I'm desperately trying, trying to write new stuff at the moment, so I never seem to have a minute. And at least when I'm on tour, I, I, I can sort of feel that I've done my job for the day when I've done a show. Now, when you do a show like um, this Regeneration Tour or some of these tours where you, you tour with other artists that were real well-known in the 80s, do you, do you feel a sort of almost a pressure to play to stick to the, the, the tunes from the 80s, or do you feel like, hey, I can... They're still our fans. They want to hear our new stuff, too. We do. We do stick to the... We mainly stick to hits. I think maybe because we never quite expected to be in a band, we're pretty grateful for, for 
that people liking what we did, and we sort of tailor, tailor the shows to what people want to hear. Uh, you know, and blatantly that's so that I uh, we don't include new songs, for instance, that that are less popular. We just try to make the audience enjoy themselves, really, well, that's or, or, or at least nod up, nod up with a pleasant sound in their ears. You know I'll change If change is what you require Your every wish Your every dream, hope, desire Here comes the mirror man Says he's a people man Here comes the mirror man You're so humble, it's, it's taking me by surprise well, I mean, we are, we're, we're pretty ordinary, really, so we just get on with it. I, I was talking to one of your old friends, uh, Martin Fry from ABC, last week. Yep. And, uh, of course, he's going to be there with you. And, yeah. Um, both of you guys from Sheffield. Or both yeah. bands kind of started. It's, it's, as an American, explain to me, you know, what makes that region of England so special? I mean, what made it so conducive to forming bands? It's not particularly sort of flattering to Sheffield to say. I think it was because there wasn't much else going on. It's very much a, a local sort of a town. It's funny because it's quite a big town. It's the fourth biggest in the UK. And we did have two art colleges, which, which maybe got people a bit inspired. But really, it's never been as exciting as some of even our neighboring towns, like Manchester, you maybe will have heard of. Oh, sure. It's, it's a big cosmopolitan town with things going on. And in Sheffield, everyone just sort of drifts. So it's easy to go into a studio and try and make records. Now, talking about records, I want to talk about the album Dare for a minute. Yeah. Uh, largely considered, I mean, everyone, everyone you talk to, especially, you know, the critics, consider it to be a, it's a defining album in, yeah. in pop and electronica. I'm just curious, when you were making that, was there a point during the process where you thought, this is, this is something special? I didn't really understand that until last year, I don't think. I've always thought that, that maybe the album wasn't quite uh, what people thought it was. And I tended to think of the run of singles that we did as more important. The fact that, that we did Don't You Want Me. But then we followed it up with um, Mirror Man and Fascination. And we did Electric Dreams with, with Giorgio Moroder. And it was only through doing the tour last year that I suddenly got that... that Somehow the 40 minutes of the album meant more than the individual songs. That's, that's getting to be a lost art now because people don't really make albums that all fit together. Yeah, it's the whole uh, iPod, uh, iTunes curse. It's a, it's a different world, isn't it, out there? Yeah, it's, it's People very... think in a different way. Now, does that, how does that affect you as a musician? Do you not feel the need anymore to necessarily put together the perfect album? I, I don't know that you can stop things that have got ingrained in you along the way. I love, I love great albums, I value great albums, and I don't know that I would ever be able to, to just try and do a succession of singles. Not that there's really any, anything that counts as a single anymore. There's nothing physical to make a single. So I would guess we're just going to go along in the, in the same old way and, and hope that it all works. Now, one of the biggest songs from uh, Dare is Don't You Want Me. And there's a popular rumor that floats around that you were not a big fan of this song and you didn't want it released as a single. 
It was a, a little bit, it seemed a little bit populist. We were such a left-field band, and uh, as we've sort of had pop success over the years, people have forgotten that. But, but we, you know, in a way, we were like Devo or someone for a couple of albums. And, and it was surprising to me to find, find how mainstream we'd become. I mean, I've, I've always liked pop. I, it just wasn't where I thought we were. It's definitely a pop song. I mean, yeah. in, in a way, I, I agree. It doesn't necessarily fit. It's it, if you look at your entire collection, it, it's sort of a, an oddball song in a way. It certainly is on Dare. Dare is a pretty moody sort of a, a, an album, and then that that sticks out as as the sort of power pop moment. Yeah. Now the video is is also considered a classic. I know. I just looked the other day. It's got a million and a half page views on YouTube alone. I mean, did you enjoy making videos back then? No, we've never really enjoyed that. It's it's always been hard work, and like I say, we 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 were never quite born for the entertainment industry, and and you never think you look as as good as you're going to, and they ask you to do things that you're uncomfortable with. We, I mean, we walked out of that video, or I think once, and the director's sister persuaded us to to go back and do it but we felt so awkward of course when we saw it we, th we thought it's great there's a, a proper film director has made it and and he's sort of hidden how useless we are now now was that the same director who went on and did uh electric dreams Yes, he did do Electric Dreams, that's right. He did that for, for his film, Electric Dreams. I think his most famous film, though, was T Teenage Ninja Turtles. <laughs> was a massive success for Steve. Yeah, yeah, I remember that now. Yeah. Now, okay, I've, I've, I've done the best job I can by waiting 10 minutes to ask this question, but yeah. uh, I'm a huge fan of uh, Together in Electric Dreams, and i got to know, is that going to be on the set list in Vegas? Absolutely. Thank it you. It has to be. Thank you. Well, we run out of songs otherwise, so we have to do that. Actually, to, to be straight, in Europe, I would say that's probably more popular than Don't You Want Me. Really? We, we were a little worried, because when we did the, the Dare tour, we did the stuff all in order. So, obviously, we ended up, after, after 40 minutes, we'd, we'd done Don't You Want Me. We thought, oh, no, people will be leaving. That's their favorite song. But we, we came out, and I think we finished off with Electric Dreams, and it, and it went great. I did a list one time of the, I think, the 80 happiest songs of the 80s, and I think that was at number two. Oh, that's excellent. What was number one? Uh, it was a song by Howard Jones. I think oh, okay. it was a yeah. new song. Yeah. New song. And I was, I was debating it back and forth, but I was, if it were up to me alone, that would have been the number one song. I, I love it. I, I, probably not a week goes by where I don't play it. Oh, thank you very much. Now, rumor has it, once again, and there, when, I, when, I, when I think about the Human League, it, there are lots of rumors, but rumor has it that you guys did that song in one take? There might have been two takes. I mean, I, I had to insist. It's the way that, that, you know, it was written by Giorgio Moroder, who, who did all Donna Summer's hits right. and so on. And he just had a very um, 
I'm just trying to, he didn't like to work on things too much. He believed it should be instinctive. And I went in and sang it and came out and expected him to say, okay, now we'll do it properly. I understand how loud your voice is and things. Uh, and he said, oh, okay, that's done. That's done. You can go. <laughs> and I, uh, well, Giorgio, shouldn't we do it again? What if it, uh, and he let me do it once more. But I think he used the first one. He thought, if you can't sing it in, in one take, it's not the right song for you. Now, Giorgio, um, I've read, was one of your sort of idols going into that. Absolutely. Well, so what was it like? To, I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a pretty heady dream to have, you know, so, so young, to be able to work with one of your idols. Well, it was just, it was great. We were working on, on a, uh, a league album at the time, and I went over to Germany, and I like, got picked up in a Rolls Royce with a chauffeur and all this and breezed into the studio, because Giorgio was already massively successful. And it, it was like being part of a film. You know, oh, yeah. and and well, I think his life was a bit like being in a film, and, and indeed he was very successful with films. He was the first Western artist to have uh, two Japanese number ones at the same time, and that was with the the music from Flashdance, I think. So the band's okay then. I mean, I've always kind of wondered because it, it was it was definitely kind of a solo song you did with Giorgio. Yeah, the ba- there was no hard feelings in the band. Like, let's play this song. Let's include this song in our set list now. We don't really have very many hard feelings in the band. It's it's really strange that we we all are sort of looking out for each other. And I think one of our first managers pointed out that the worst thing you can ever ever do is not succeed. If one of you goes off and does something and that succeeds, it all adds. And and the only the the only failure is failure, really. Because uh, well, you you've really been the you've been the fa- one of the the surviving member through all these years. It, yeah, I've I've been the one there for everything. Yeah, you've never been tempted to just kind of say, uh, you know, I, I'm finished with this chapter. I'm ready to move on to something else. Well, there are things about being being in the music business that can be harsh, and sometimes it, it sort of takes away from you. But I've got to say, the the best thing about it has always been the people in the group. I love being in the group. Over the years, I've come to realise that that I couldn't possibly have got better partners than than Joanne and Susan, who I think, you know, everyone thinks they're they're the backing singers, sort of. But, for instance, Joanne handles a lot of the financial side of the stuff. Susan's really good at publicity and things. And we just look out for each other. Then the guys in the band are excellent, and and we we just have too good a time to give it up, you know. So we can't afford to to pay to play anymore, but so long as we make enough money to to just get by, we'll keep doing it. That's fantastic. I um I always wondered now you, you sort of hinted at it before you you do a lot of gigs in Europe and you you come over to to America you know sporadically does you do you feel the need you got to change your set list around depending on where you are geographically little bits and pieces we we try and check it out we've got books of what was hits where and we 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 move stuff around a little bit and and we're more likely to pick on something that was a bigger hit where we're going right. you know i mean sometimes you go to places and you don't know what worked there and sometimes a lot of faces looking at you like you're an idiot but yeah. but that's okay because we've already got paid at that point yeah i mean martin fry was telling me every time he comes to the u.s he has to relearn be near me yes because he never plays it anywhere else right okay oh that was a good song that's a great song really good song yeah i mean, I mean is there is there a song that's specific that you could think of that's that this this is an american hit but not really anywhere else uh, there was a the, uh, there was a song "Love Is All That Matters" off the Jimmy and Terry album that I think did all right in America and didn't really do anything anywhere else. That's a great song. 
love it. Uh, another one that uh, I know is over, is very popular over here, uh, Human. Yeah. Now, again, you know, like I said, rumors, fact, rumors, facts. Rumor is that you uh, were not a big fan of that tune either. Oh, I love that tune. Really? I loved it. I loved it from the moment I heard the backing that Jimmy and Terry had, had written. Um, I was just... I'm not a big fan of ballads. We, are, we really are a dance band. And so... We, we, if we can, we avoid ballads. And I always said, I don't want to do a, a ballad unless it's as good as you've lost that loving feeling. And then we went to work with Jimmy and Terry, and they played us the backing, and I thought, wow, they've, they've just about done it. I don't think their the record in the end was quite as good as you've lost that loving feeling, but boy, it's a good ballad. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm only human, a flesh and blood. Speaking of dance tunes, I understand that just recently um, there was a dance mix of Things That Dreams Are Made Of. That oh, yeah, with the... Uh, number two. And with singing on it, yeah. Yeah, I mean, uh, that must have been a surprise. Well, Britain's always been big for remixes, so... I mean, the biggest surprise to me is that we haven't had huge hits with it, really. Although I think dance music changed in the meantime, that... that dance records got pretty simple over here we had a big thing called the trance movement that i actually really enjoyed and uh, a lot of the remixes were aimed at that and if the songs weren't very simple it, it didn't work as well but no i, I mean uh, i love i love all that kind of music i'm i'm at my happiest really in the, in a nightclub with, with with banging music yeah I, I would say dance music over here's gotten pretty simple too i i noticed that some of the recent uh I mean, Cindy Lauper and Madonna just put out dance albums that I thought were almost a little too simple, though. Right. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed in the Madonna album, actually. First, the first non-memorable album she's ever done, I think. Yeah, it just it doesn't it didn't ring with me at all. I yeah. know the and the one before was so good. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's so weird that um, I feel like she's got like this uh, this this urge to somehow still appeal to the twenty-something audience. Yeah. And yeah. not and kind of dismissing who she's you know grown up with for the last twenty years, whereas Human League in my mind has always kind of kept. I mean, it seems like the fan base just grows. You don't lose anybody along the way. Well, we've we've we're very lucky. I think it's partly because we've never quite been mainstream. The fact was that we were never rock, and that means that if you liked us, you had to already have moved a little bit towards us in the first place. And so on the quiet, quite a few, a few people just like us. I think. Now, is there any uh, talk of a new album? We're working really hard on new material, and I think it's pretty good. I'm, I'm a little bit surprised. We've put the first five things that have actually got vocals on together, and I've been listening to it in the car. I'm, I'm a little bit shocked at how good it is. So all we've got to do is, is work out what we're going to do with it and you know, try and get some money thrown at it to get it finished off. I'd love to. I'd love to hear some of it if you. But I, but I bet you're not going to squeeze any of it into the Vegas set list. We're not going to. I think. I think it's going to be next year now. And what we're doing is, is for instance, we've only written one verse for things which get repeated, and that you know it lets you put more of the song together. But I actually cringe when I play it to people, and then they know that we haven't written all the words yet. So <laughs> so I've got high hopes that it will be along soon, though. I'm, in fact, I'm going to kill myself to make it come along soon. 
I, someone said that they had read somewhere that you ca- that you called it a wobbly elephant at one point. Well, that's it. Yeah, I I do like well, an elephant falling down the stairs. That's what it was. It's I don't really I don't like things to be too smooth, and I think that um, computers have made records a little tiny bit too smooth. I want to hear some mistakes and some things that stick out, and and you know it's it. it Great in a club to have very very smooth music, but for it to be memorable, it's it's like you know a black and white photograph is actually more memorable than a color photograph. You've got to fill some of it in yourself. I know I know in Vegas we're not going to hear any mistakes. We're just going to hear the uh, total zen. You could hear some terrible mistakes, <laughs> <laughs> and we will keep smiling as if we hadn't made them. Once again, my friend, uh, swell interview. Great job. You're a real natural at these, aren't you? I'm getting better. Yeah. I'm getting better. I, I think it's interesting. I, we've heard this a lot that um, a band launched in, the, in the, the video era, like the 80s, that a lot of these guys hated doing videos. It caught me off guard. I thought that was kind of a... Um... But conceivably, Human League does, does not get big if they don't have the video. You know, I, when you think back on Human League... I, the videos are not. I mean, aside from the video from "Don't You Want Me," which is considered a classic, you know, a million people have seen it on YouTube. Aside from that, really, I mean, can you can you think of another video form? I mean, I post some on my blog. I love the video for uh, "Heart Like a Wheel." Great tune. Human had a good video, didn't it? Human did. They were simple. They weren't. They weren't like ABC's video. They weren't animated. They weren't groundbreaking like Duran uh, Duran or Peter Gabriel. But they were good. Yeah, and but they he, had a great video look. That those dudes. Well, yeah. He just kind of said, and "You girls. know, I don't. That's not what I, I'm not an actor. I, I never meant to. This is not my my gig." So uh, I was. Could you hear the sigh of relief? The side, the, the side, the, the overwhelming joy that comes out of my voice when he confirms that they'll be playing uh, together in Electric Dreams in oh, Vegas. Yeah. Oh my God. Are you gonna sing that one to somebody too? Yeah, somebody different. I'll spread the joy around. What's happening, hot stuff? Ah, by the sound of the gong, it must be time for mystery movie moment. Love it. You do love it now. I you love come around. it. Not quite full circle, but 180 I'm degrees. <laughs> Anyway, pay attention. Here was last week's mystery movie clip. Hank's washing his dog again. Ah, you love that scene from the great She's Having a Baby. Yep, the last great uh, John Hughes flick of the 80s, I say. And I encourage everyone to go back into the Stuck in the 80s archives and listen to the uh, She's Having a Baby show. It's a good one. It's a very good one. Touching, tender. Kind of like this podcast. Did we do that show before or after I had uh, my second daughter? Uh, right after. Oh, right nice. after. I know we tried to squeeze it in before, but you were uh, you were a mess back then. You <laughs> were not. A mess. You were not to be consoled. Did anybody get this quote? This uh, mystery movie. Oh, uh, surprisingly, this week? we only have two winners this week. Dan Vay, the great Dan Vay, 
and uh, Dominic Cazario of Tampa, who we're seeing Dominic uh, Saturday night. Saturday night, awesome. Saturday night is '80s night at Tropicana Field here in St. Petersburg, Florida. The Devil Rays, not no longer the Devil Rays, just the Rays now, are uh, what second place baseball team? Yeah, that's right. Take the best teams of baseball, it baby. Is '80s night against the Astros. We have a band called Rubik's Cubed that's going to be playing on the TBT Lounge. We gave away 10 free tickets, so there will be some of the second 80s fans there. But if you haven't gotten a free ticket, dude, man, they're 10 bucks. Buy one and come hang out with us. And you will be on the field at some point, right? Yeah. Rocking the mic. As soon as the game is over, Sean and I will be on the field to present the winners of the 80s costume contest. Before... The mighty Cool in the Gang takes the stage. But we don't get to introduce Cool in the Gang. No. Local radio station goons. Oh, that would have been awesome. It would have been. I would have loved that. Don't but, bogart the mic. I want plenty of mic time out there. I know you. You're oh, a yeah, ham. right. You're a yeah, I'll be the one bogarting the mic. <laughs> Listeners. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, Dan and... Uh, well, actually, Dan, you've got enough uh, Funyuns. Uh, we'll give some to Dominic this time. How's that? And uh, popular uh, popular movement out there to replace Funyuns with Munchos. We'll see how that goes. Uh, I like the Muncho. And the Muncho is almost too slight of a uh, snack chip. You like them a little heavier. I do. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really do. Yeah. Hey, pay attention. <laughs> Stop it. Pay attention. Here's this week's mystery clip. I like tacos and 71 Cabernet. And my favorite color is magenta. Tricky, but I still think we'll have more than two winners this week. If you know the correct answer, email me at stuckin80s at tampabay.com and then tune in next week to find out if you're a wiener. Ah, the mystical refrain of Name That 80s Tune. Now this is a segment. You like this one. I love it. It's the weekly segment where we play a song from the 80s, and if you can name the song and the artist, again, glory. Snack foods and maybe even a refrigerator magnet can be yours. Who is trying to? Uh, who's who's launching the Munchos movement? Oh God! Somebody's trying. I don't, I don't even. I don't is like it that. Rick in Arizona, or it might be Jeff in Cuba? You know, how everyone has like it's identified by like <laughs> name, first name, and location. Sean yeah. and Sean in Clearwater. Sean in Clearwater. Here was last week's mystery '80s tune. Do you know it? I do not. Temptation by Heaven Seventeen. Lovely little ditty. Any winners? You know, here's what's funny about this week's uh, competition. For the most part, the only people who won non-Americans. I like that. Uh, Heaven Seventeen is not. Not a hugely popular band over here, but uh, we used them anyway because they're from Sheffield. And uh, last week's show featured Martin Fry from Sheffield. So anyway, here we go. Actually, this week's show. I love how you tie everything together. Everything is tied together. This week, Phil Oakey is from Sheffield. So it works out fine. God, you're amazing, Spears. I am. Some of the winners include, these guys are more amazing than me, Mark Pender of Bristol, England, Lyndall McElwain of Melbourne, Australia, Mike Fraser of Auckland, New Zealand, and Oliver Bardenhair of Germany. Bardenhair. Bardenhair. AKA uh, one of the members of uh, Czech Battery Day. Barnicky. Barnicky. He owes us money. <laughs> uh, anyway, pay attention. Here is this week's mystery tune. Very tricky, I think. Will any Americans win this week? Uh, no. I feel pretty good about that prediction. 
Anyway, if you know the answer, email me at stuckin80s at tempe.com because Sean Daly, despite the fact that he's uh, unshaven, unkempt, and, and unfed, wants to call you a wiener. If you're not ready to give up on mullets in Madonna, log on to Stuck in the 80s, just one of the many blogs you'll find at TampaBay.com, the website of the St. Petersburg Times. Relive the music, movies, and culture of the greatest decade ever, only at TampaBay.com. And we're back, and I have a surprise here from my handsome little co-host. Are you ready? I am. What is it? Trivia quiz. Pop oh, trivia quiz. Oh, man. I love pop quiz. Here we go. Pop quiz, hot shot. In this pop quiz, all the questions pertain to artists appearing on this year's Regeneration Tour. Oh, cool. Good so you, you've got the Human League. You've got, uh, just, to, just to recap, you've got the Human League. You've got Belinda Carlisle, ABC, Dead or Alive, Naked Eye. Naked it's, Eyes. Naked Eyes. You always do that. I like to leave. Yeah, you're so singular. Well, isn't there only one member of the band, the original member anymore? So, uh, so there'll always be Naked Eye to me. Uh, Dead or Alive, Flock of Seagulls, everybody's on this tour. All Depending right, on where you see them, East Coast, West Coast, you got to be there. But in the meantime, see how you do. Play along with Sean. Question number one. Belinda Carlisle has a famous father-in-law. Can you name him? Oh, man. Belinda Car- First of all, I love Belinda Carlisle. And uh, I love the way she dances. Her shimmy, oh, that God. stage shimmy. Don't even start. She's so hot. Um, we, you know, we had a chance to interview her this weekend. She's she's in Maui, Hawaii. And if there's any place I want to talk to Belinda, it's when she's yeah, in Maui. Yeah. Actually, it's when we're both in Maui. But but we've had to come in here like at midnight on a Friday night to record. And you're it. rubbing cocoa butter on our shoulders. Yeah, and the only thing that we're that you and the only person getting cocoa butter rubbed on their shoulders is is you on a Friday night at midnight. <laughs> so we couldn't do it. Come on, stop stalling. Uh, yeah, her famous father-in-law is Maurice Chevalier. <laughs> no, close. The actor James Mason. Really, James Mason. Yep. Yep. So, can you name at least uh, one or two of his 80s flicks? Uh, Heaven Can Wait. That's 70s. Damn it. I love Heaven Can Wait. That's good. He's good in that. Uh, James Mason. I'll give you a hint. Uh, he played Nemo in uh, 20,000 Leagues Around the Sea. That's, That's not 80s. Is that 60s, maybe? Yeah. That's another good one. I just bought I'll, give you, uh, I'll give you a hint. One of them stars uh, Paul Newman. Absence of Malice. No. I don't know. The verdict. Ah, when he plays the drunk lawyer. No, well, yeah, when Paul Paul plays the drunk lawyer, not yeah. uh, James Mason. And the other one that uh, would have been a good pick, uh, Yellowbeard. <laughs> Yellowbeard? Yellowbeard. Those are two of them. Anyway. Got, uh, Can you do a James Mason impression? No. Try. Can you? Nah, I wish I could, though. No, I'm not, I'm not Mr. mocking. Mr. Pendleton. I don't even know. For some reason, I bleached him of his British accent. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Mr. Pen- oh, okay, no. 0 for 1. Ready? Question number two. Who wrote the Naked Eyes classic? Always something there to remind me. That is right in my wheelhouse, dear Spearsy. That is by Mr. Burt Bacharach and his partner, Hal David. Very good. Very good. One of, it's a cover of one of their 60s tunes. Yeah, I have a great Burt Bacharach box set at home. You should come over. We'll just kind of listen to all his love songs. Get out the cocoa I'll, butter. I'll, I'll get out the cocoa butter. I'll lip sync them to you. Oh, jeez. I'll put on my fake mustache. 
Yeah, for a couple of Halloweens ago, I had a fake mustache. I was Magnum PI. Yeah, it was awesome. Good. You should have saved that costume for the costume contest on uh, Saturday night. I love. I wish I had a supply of fake mustache. I, re- I, my, I, I really like. In my- retrospect, so do I. <laughs> <laughs> Question number three. Right. Are you ready? Yeah. I'm, uh, what? One on one. You're one on one. Question number three. I don't think you're gonna get this one. Two of the bands on this tour were formed in Liverpool. And I'm gonna tell you what they are already: Block of Seagulls and Dead or Alive. Okay. Can you name at least one more famous 80s band that claims Liverpool as a home? That would be the Beatles. <laughs> uh, no, famous 80s band. That would be Oasis. That's uh, 90s. That would be uh, Liverpudlians. Um, let's see. Who could it be? That would be Kajagugu. <laughs> no. Uh, I'll give you two. You want two? I'll give you two. Two of my favorites. Yeah. Three of my favorites I'll give you. From Liverpool. Frankie Goes to Hollywood. You love Frankie. Echo and the Bunnymen. Spearsy Say Relax. Icicle Works. I do love that song. I got that on my iPod. Very nice. Question number four. What do the movies Mannequin, Tough Guys, and Electric Dreams have in common? Uh, All scored by Mr. Giorgio Moroder. No, but that's a good guess. All three of soundtracks featuring one of the regeneration artists. This This is really tough. But that, 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 I'm that stalling. Very, that, I'm stalling for time to let people at home try to figure out which that's ones a very are which. Amorphous, amorphous what? Question. Just because you didn't get it right, was the Liverpool question amorphous too? Anyway, here here are the songs in question. Belinda Carlisle had uh, "In My Wildest Dreams" for Mannequin. ABC had "So Hip It Hurts" for Tough Guys, and Philip Oakey had the title track to "Electric Dreams." Nice one. Damn it. Sorry. Here we go. You're going you're gonna to rebound on this one. I have total faith. Ready? Question number five. In the Dead or Alive song, You Spin Me Round, finish the verse. All I know is that to me. Oh. Uh. Uh. uh <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. You can, uh, here I go. Oh, shit, I don't know. Open up your loving arms. Watch out. Here I come. There you go. I, I, come on. That was a fun question. That was good. I, I, I'm just, I had a really long, rough night. Yeah. That was good. That was good. Uh, you're getting really good at the trivia question. Yeah. Here we go. Here's my special, uh, good Lord. How many more questions are there? One last question. Okay. This is my Sean special. Ready? Martin Fry of ABC recently toured Costa Rica with another musician, well-known also from the New Romantic Movement. If you listened to last week's podcast, you'd know the answer I'm talking about. Shit. <laughs> um, uh, I, uh, uh, Mr. Maurice Chevalier. <laughs> Tony Hadley of Spendo Ballet. Ah. That ain't cool. 
<laughs> Look at you. Grinning ear to ear. It's been do I love it. God. I'm fired up now. I know you. I look at you. I've I can't wait. You in such a good mood. I can't wait. How, how? I mean, I've been invited backstage now by Martin Fry, Phil Oak. He said, "Hey, come back. I want to shake your hand." You think I'm going to turn that down? Not huh? at all. Uh, uh-uh, I'm going to be there. Are you bringing back all all the stuck natives people backstage? I'm going to try. Too? I'm going to do what I can. Or are you going to blow them off? That sounds so wrong. No, <laughs> I, I wouldn't blow them off. This is all about them. I know you're going to have a great time. You're going to have a great, great time at the regeneration shows. It's going to be a fun time. If you can't catch it there. Come down to Clearwater. You can all stay at the Spears Lair. You don't even fit in the Spears Lair. <laughs> I know. I'll get some inflatable mattresses. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Inflatable something. In the meantime, let's listen to my theme song one more time as we take it away for one more week. Are you going to lip sync to me? I am. Here, right, we, here we go. go. In the meantime, Sean and I stay here lip syncing firmly stuck in the 80s. Stuck in the 80s is produced by the St. Petersburg Times and TampaBay.com. Special thanks to Check Battery Daily for providing music for the credits. Read the blog at blogs.tampabay.com and remember to subscribe to the podcast at iTunes. <laughs>